Welcome to the Marketing Motion Podcast for Financial Advisors, presented by FMG Suite. Listen to interviews with the movers, shakers, geniuses, and innovators of the financial advisory world. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing financial advisors today. Visit FMGSuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. Hi, everybody. Mike Woods here, one of the founding members of FMG Suite. And I wanted to welcome you to another episode of the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors presented by FMG Suite. More than 40,000 advisors rely on FMG Suite to help them stay connected, build relationships, and grow their business. Now it's your turn. Visit fmgsuite.com and schedule a demo so you can see how our tools work. Let us show you how FMG's award-winning content and remarkable technology can upgrade your brand and help you attract leads. Today in studio, I'm joined by Kirk Faulkner, who recently attended the Elevate Conference in Florida. Elevate was sponsored by Platinum Strategies, a company that we're proud to have the FMG family, uh, family of companies. Kirk had many duties at the conference, but one of his duties was taking care of the advisors who were creating video. FMG set up a video booth, and, uh, well, we actually turned a hotel room into a video room, and Kirk was the one who directed and produced the videos for financial advisors. And he came back with some terrific insights for advisors that I'm sure will help all advisors out there as you learn how to create videos and what the best practices are. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, Kirk, good to see you. You're back in the office today after a few days down in Orlando, Florida at the Elevate Conference. And I am. I'm, I'm here. You're here. <laughs> you're here. It's a little worse for wear, but otherwise okay. I did. I, I, I slept about 14 hours last night to get over the jet lag. <laughs> So it was good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's a challenge when you come back from the East Coast. It is. I, man, that three-hour shift, you wouldn't think it would be such a big deal, but it is like your body is just spinning around doesn't, like trying to figure uh, things out it again. doesn't know where it's at. Yeah. Well, when you were down there in Orlando, you were doing, uh, you were helping financial advisors create some videos, and uh, that's something that FMG has had a long history with, creating videos and helping advisors with videos and having different ideas on videos. But you were down there, and working with advisors in their uh, kind of in a back corner to help yeah. them create some uh, to create some intro videos. Yeah, well, it's it's it tends to be a pretty good strategy with me it, when there's big crowds is to find a small room and just keep me in it so that I don't say too many things to too many people. It's like a you know you're you're, you're really uh, hedging your bets there a little bit, uh, making sure things well, yeah, don't go. Off. Yeah, and I mean, and all kidding aside, do you you want to have it back there because ultimately. You don't hear any sound, and you, no, they yeah. put you way back in the corner. I, when it, when I did videos many years ago, when we started FMG, uh, we always tried to find that hotel room that was off in the corner uh, that you couldn't hear door slams, that you had very low traffic to. So yeah, uh, you create the best acoustics you can. We yeah, we did the best with the acoustics. It was pretty cool. So we were like in this big salon room, and um, we had this. Uh, uh, photographer Jonathan Schwartz, uh, photographer and videographer, come down from New York, and he set up this great uh, uh, whole production setup where there was a, a backdrop, there was uh, a, a great lighting thing, there was a couple different uh, angles for the chairs to to be, and then there was a great sound system with a with a lavalier, which is the kind of clip on mic you know that goes right under your chin. Um, so we had everything we wanted, and we were offering to all of the advisors who wanted it that they could come in and have their headshots taken and to do an, what we were calling an intro video. 
an intro video. So yep. something about their uh, practice, something about how they operate. What, yep. how, did, how did we define in, intro video? So my th what I would say to them is like, imagine this video living on your homepage or on one of your social profiles. Uh, you know, and it's going to be the first thing that a prospect sees when they're when they're uh, investigating you, trying to validate you. And most of the advisors who came in had no idea what they wanted to do when they walked in the door. They they were trusting that we were going to somehow provide it. A few of them came in with scripts, and mm. I, I, we can talk about the difference between the two experiences. But I came up with a five question format that I did with them, and I actually think it would be helpful if anybody is interested in doing videos to, to, to go over the questions. Gotcha. We should. And um, tell me about, uh, you, you intrigued me there. The, well, some came in with a script uh -huh. and some came in without. I would imagine um, the, the, if they came in with the script, they may have had the forethought to get it reviewed by compliance. And yeah. this is what they were going to plan to speak to. Yeah. So it's a little like uh, half full, half empty um, when it comes to a script. But like you said, you can get it uh, passed off with compliance. So you make sure that your video is you're not going to spend time doing something that's not going to make it through. Right. That's that's the good part of that's, it. That's that's the goal. The hard part of it is it's very hard to hit a script. It's hard to hit all the words in a script. It's hard to memorize a script. It's hard to even it's even hard to. Um, you definitely don't want to sit there reading a script for sure, you know. So what? There's a couple different ways that you can handle it. What we did is we did it in segments so that I would I would pr uh, prime them on a few sentences and we would just do it a few sentences at a time. Ah, interesting. But then you have to have a, a strategy on how you're going to cut it all together. Um, and there's a few different ways that you can do that. You can do it through with wipes or with fades or um, what you call punching in, where you zoom in and zoom out, um, kind gotcha. of cutting between it. There's the YouTube uh, version, which is just hard cuts, so you're kind of just jumping around throughout the thing. But um, once you stream it all together, you have a pretty good, you know, you have a pretty good two, three minute video uh, that, that hopefully comes across pretty, pretty smooth. Gotcha. And then you had the other people that came in that just were interested in doing a video, and yeah, and they did, did they did they interact with someone, or did they just do a one on one with the camera and just yeah. describe their business? So what I did is I sat right in front of the camera. I mean, not right in front of the camera because then it would just be a video of the back of my back head. of your head, but right off to the side of the camera. And I had them just lock eyes with me and make eye contact with me, um, which cheated into like it looks like sure. you're looking into the camera. Sure. And we we really like had to uh, hold on that because um, especially when people are thinking, your eyes tend to dart up and around a lot mm. and so we had to kind of keep bringing people back to uh, luckily i'm so good looking <laughs> that when i'm in the room it's hard not to just stare directly into these baby blues uh, well you're you so you were basically acting as a teleprompter uh kind of like a teleprompter that that has a small conversation with you so th these were the segments that i would do with them the first one as I, I was the introduction segment which is like your name your uh, your advisory's name how long you've been with them, what your role is, where it's at, you know, just kind of general stuff gotcha. uh, to, to, to introduce it. And people would sometimes get a little bit more into it. Um, some people just kind of rattled off the, exactly what I said. Name, rank, and serial number. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, then the next one, so then the next three questions that I asked were kind of what I base off of is like the concept of your brand promise. Mm. Um, I talked about what, uh, what your... Um, what was what's the value of your advisory? Like, what's your unique value proposition? When people do business with you, what is it that you deliver to them that makes it worth doing business with you? And we would talk about that a little bit. And for some some people, they really talked about their process. Some people talked about big values, like they said, you know, you can 
there's honesty and integrity and, and, and family is really important. Or um, some people would get into, uh, you know, some promises of, of the, the returns that people would have and really focusing on that. Like there was there was kind of a different array. And the people I think that it was most powerful for were the ones who who fo who found those values that their advisory embodied and talked about how those values occurred in the lives of the people they worked with. So oh. that, was, that was the first real segment. We that's, did. that's real encouraging to hear that the uh, off-the-cuff advisors can talk through that because that's something that uh, we at FMG work with advisors when they build their websites all the time. What, what is your, what's your mission statement? What's your profile? What's your bio? How does it all fit together? Yeah. Yeah. And people really want to know when they're working with somebody that they reflect their own values. I mean, we, we surround ourselves with people that reflect our values. And of course, when you're talking about finding an advisor, that's even more important. So sure. that's sure. why I wanted to lead off with that. The second or I guess the third, after the introduction in the value segment, I talked about your ideal client segment. I said, who is the client you want to work with the most and the client who wants to work with you the most, and why does it fit together so well? And people were able to answer this question very easily. Really? Um, yeah, surprisingly easily. Yeah, some, that's interesting. They knew, so some people talked a lot about the um, age range or the um, profession or the uh, kind of the, the income level of the people they, they wanted to work with. Some people talked a lot about the demeanor of the people they wanted to work with. They wanted to work with somebody who was nice and intelligent and, uh, you know, that had a, 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 you know, was a friendly person that they could, they could interact with. Sure. But whatever it was, by the end of those segments, they had really laid out kind of a description of a person that wasn't, and this is important, wasn't everybody. <laughs> right, right. Interesting. I, I, I kept, the phrase I kept saying to people who were like, well, I just want everybody to watch it. I said, well, you know, the riches are in the niches. <laughs> like true. That? The yeah. riches are in the niches. The riches are in the niches. I, I heard that somewhere, and I, I like that. Well, and, yeah, you know, when advisors typically go through that exercise when they start working with a coach or they start working with uh, one of the FMG marketing consultants, the the general question is, look back at your clients what do they all have in common uh, and look at their backgrounds do they all have a certain are they all teachers are they all engineers right and you can find out who you like to work with what what their bio is so it's great to hear that many of them could just come up with that off the cuff yeah um yeah there was some great there were some great people who had really focused in on things when i i don't know how much i should get into illustrating each person's thing but one guy said that he really wanted to work with secret service agents that he had a bunch of secret service agents in his family and that was his niche and, and by the time he was done making his video he had a video that if i if i had been a secret service agent and watched that video i'd been like oh this is my guy sure you know, like, sure <laughs> he spoke directly to me. well you think about someone who works with secret service agents they've got certainly um They've they've got government type of programs that sure. the financial advisor needs to be yeah. a, a crack on. He needs to understand those very well, inside and out. Um, they've they certainly probably have very different types of family concerns. Yeah. Um. You know, especially if they're active and 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 out actually protecting something, they might have a higher degree of of mortality risk than someone else. So it's, definitely. It's, so it is. Um, you can see where if they're working with... Uh, it's not a lot of jobs where take a bullet is in the job description. <laughs> <laughs> Just coming to that. <laughs> Taking a bullet. Uh, the, but if the, as they work with someone like that, they're, they're very different than the profile of, of, of someone who is driving to work every day. Right, exactly. Um, I thought that that was a... Yeah, I thought that that worked out really well. Um, 
and it, and it kind of set me up for the next question, which I asked him. And this one was in, really interesting to see how people reacted to it. I said, okay, let's talk about something outside of work. Do you have any hobbies? Are you part of any organizations? Do you sit on any boards? I just asked those three questions. Mm -hmm. And the answers that we got from people were amazing because people had come in and they had talked about their advisory and, and they were very much in the world of a financial advisory video. And then all of a sudden, this question just like opened up these huge worlds like that you would have never guessed about people or that one guy had a, um, a, uh, a, a charity that he worked with that provided um, safe housing for women in Sierra Leone that had been abused. Like mm. and up until then, you're like, wow, uh, you know, this video all of a sudden has a completely different sure. feeling to it. Right, and and right. we know so much more about you. And people talked about their their hobbies. Um, a lot of people were really involved in their communities, uh, like sitting on a lot of community boards, which uh, you can only imagine that if you lived in that community would make you feel really tied into that person. Sure. And then the causes that people were dedicated to oh, was amazing. It was all over the board. And so that question, I thought, really opened up, like showed a little bit of personality but also really validated uh, a lot of people, uh, gotcha. in my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting. So you, you you got the person, the occasional person that said their hobby is playing golf, but you yeah. got it sounds like the the ones that have the community connections and the ones that are supporting these charities very passionate. It adds a mm -hmm. it adds a whole different dimension to them. And well, candidly, I mean, who they would who, who that 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 is almost that is more of an identifier almost than anything else in the the questions you ask. Absolutely. Because that's who's going to be uh, someone who's connected, someone who's really passionate about something. Mm -hmm. They're going to attract people that are very similar. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you could just imagine that really resonating with a person who that person would like to connect with. Sure. So that leads, that brings us to the last segment that I ended with everybody on and um, possibly the most important segment. It was the call to action segment. Now, Kirk, tell me how long the video at this point was how long? You know, um, I bet the videos, once they're all edited together, I bet they will range from two minutes to five minutes. Two minutes to five but minutes. But I would, mm -hmm. on average, I would say three minutes was probably the sweet spot. Three minutes. And, mm -hmm. the, and the, the target was to place this on your website, to place this? We were, we were doing it as if it was going to be placed on the homepage or maybe the About Us page. Mm -hmm. um, or that you could put it on one of your social profiles. So it just anywhere that would be like gotcha. a get to know you situation. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. So the fifth question was that was the call to action. And so what I said was, imagine that I'm I'm a prospect that you want to work with, and I'm seeing this video from for the first time. What is the next step you want me to take? to engage your services. Mm. Do you want me to call you? Do you want me to email you? Do you want me to fill out a form? Do you want me to click a button? Like, what is what do you want them to do next? And it was very interesting. Everybody had to kind of stop and think, okay, well, what is, how do I like to make contact? And again, it was all over the board. So, uh, I remember one guy going, don't email me, don't text me, let's get on the phone, let's do this the old-fashioned way, let's have a conversation. Mm. And then other people were like, we have a form that is a survey, if you fill it out, we'll understand you better. I mean, so people had their own answers to this. Fascinating. Um, yeah. And then I would say, for this segment, I want you to talk to me, you know, use talk in the second person, so you're saying, if you're interested, you should, you know, and and they all did, and they, they would, that last part, I think, is going to be the most powerful part of everybody's because... If the person's been inspired or has tied into your personality at all in the first part, you really want to provide a clear path of action for them to take so that they can just take that next step. And you should have something, of course, set up there to keep them going down the funnel. But that next step is what makes the video 
you know, worth something. Yeah, and I think that next step is um, advisors, you know, as, as I've worked with individual advisors over the years, it's important that they, they, they really think through that next step and they put themselves through that next step. Mm -hmm. what, what does that feel like to them? Is it, um, <clears throat> if you're asking someone to go and do a form, fill out a form, what does that feel like? Is it personal right. enough? Yeah. Uh, is what is a, the user experience? What is the user experience? And where, when that form comes in, where does it go? Right. And who's checking that email box? Exactly. What's the process behind that? What's the process, and right? And the nice thing about kind of narrowing down where people, how people come in uh, to your business is that you can really design a great process around that intake. If you've got people coming in 15 different ways, it gets complicated to have something that covers all of them, unless you're funneling them all in one direction. So it's, I mean, it is worth sitting down and thinking about this process a little bit. You know, what, what happens when somebody wants to come into the fold, you know, what's the next step, making sure you have that all laid, laid sure, out. Sure, mm -hmm. sure, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> having a having a talk with an advisor is great. Having mm -hmm. a, a conversation, get to know you is awesome. But then when the person comes in, what information do they know about them? How do they yep. want to approach that first meeting? Is it is it just a meet and greet or is it we're starting to get the basics profile of what what you look like from a financial perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, many advisors that I've worked with over the years, they've have, they have forms and they ask people to fill them out. Um, and you'll hear back from them that, you know, the person didn't fill it out. So they didn't feel like they could come into the office or they delayed coming in because they, they couldn't figure out question number six or question number seven. Right. So that's why it's really critical for financial advisors to put themselves through that process and to make sure that someone who's coming in is comfortable providing all that information and feels comfortable if they haven't provided all that information. Right. You know, it, it, one of the things that you know if you work, work in marketing um, and you're making forms for people to fill out a lot, you know that every new field you add to a form decreases the amount of people who are going to fill out that form by around 20 to 30%. So if I have name and email on a form, you know, X number of people will fill sure, out that form. Sure. But if I have name, email, and phone number on that form, then about 70% of those people will fill out that form. So you, if you are asking people for a lot of information, that's fine. You just have to understand it's a big hurdle um, that fewer people are going to take. And it's, there's more onus on you to inspire them and to provide a case that they'll actually do all those things you ask. Gotcha. Now, you know, what's interesting about that is I, I tend to um, recoil when the fields are required. Yeah, I don't. I, I tend to not want to fill that out. Yeah, I'll give my name, my email address, and occasionally my phone number. But and then if they're I'm so, I am so reticent to give out my phone number on the internet. Well, are you not getting way more spam calls than you used to these days? I am. Yeah. I am. So I just I can't. I don't want any more spam calls. And frankly, I'm I'm getting ready to give up a phone. I don't I don't know if I want a phone anymore. So <laughs> I just answer the phone and say. I just say hello, and they say, is Mike there? And I oh, say, I no, this is Mike's personal assistant. I, I go in the personal <laughs> assistant route. Yeah, I don't answer any. If, if, if you're not in my phone, I don't answer the call anymore. Okay, yeah. all right. Important uh, to know. So Kirk's number is. <laughs> <laughs> so I had one other question um, that I used for some people who, maybe if they were a little too short on the first couple, uh, I would throw this one in to kind of help expand their mind a little bit on their own offering. But I was like, if you had to segment your your uh, advisory offering into features, 
what would those features be like what are the different aspects of your offering and that helped to, I, I think for a lot of the, like the more left brain people mm-hmm. they could kind of create like the menu of their offering in their head and kind of go down the list of it and that actually ended up always being like a really good uh, moment for especially for those people and, um, and how would they typically answer that question what would a what would a typical answer feel like a lot of them a lot of them in that at that point started to get into well, this is what's unique about us. We have this process, and a lot of them had a name for their process, mm. or they had like a like a kind of a little pitch for their process. They're like, okay, we have this one thing that we do that no one else does, and of course, getting into something like that, especially if it's well branded, is awesome. Interesting. You know, people Interesting. people can really tie into that. Gotcha. So th- so they didn't go through a laundry list. We sell mutual funds. We sell annuities. We sell this. We sell that. Um, some people did, and um, some people. A, a lot of people would jump to the one thing that they really liked doing, you know, mm. um, if they were really like focused on 401ks or if they were really focused on annuities, they would really go into that. And then they would sometimes like maybe list off a couple other things that they also did. But you could tell that was the one thing that they wanted to do the most. So, again, you know, all of this information, as you put it out there, you're just you're just zeroing in on the exact right people that you're supposed to be working with. Gotcha. Boy, that is an um that is an action-packed 3-minute video. Yeah. That's a lot of information. Um uh it, it, what did people what were they in sports coats? Were they in uh, they uh were blouses? In, what what did the typical advisor look like? They were in the standard advisor um uh dress which is suit or sports coat. Nice shirt, sometimes colored, sometimes not. No tie. No tie. <laughs> Why advisors don't wear ties? Right. Isn't that not funny? Anymore. No. And and the women, how were they attired? Uh, they were all dressed nice. Women have definitely more, you know, of a spectrum that they mm-hmm. can do. Some some were dressed a little more casually. Some were dressed in. Um, I don't think we had any straight up like uh, Hillary Clinton pantsuits or anything. Gotcha. But, uh, we definitely, uh, definitely nice. Um, I always think it works better uh, with some color, uh-huh. um, which is a shame for men because if, really to get color into a suit, you usually need a tie. Right. Um, the Frost Brothers are great at that. Uh. They always wear like really brightly colored ties that look great. And uh, um, they have the matching scarf. And, they, and yeah, they have the pocket square too. There was there was actually a few pocket squares, and I think a pocket square. Especially a colored one. I mean, sure. it goes a lot. It goes a long way. I mean, you don't want to come off as a, you know, as a as a as a wild punk or anything. But. No, no. <laughs> but a pocket square can really bring a whole. Yeah. Uh, if you have a white shirt on, you have a white pocket square. It can really bring the whole thing out. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. Fashion tips will be on the next <laughs> <laughs> on the next on the next market emotions uh, podcast. But today we're going to stick with uh, the video. So the question I have now with videos is. Um, do advisors know what to do with them? Once they get them, do they know that they, they, need, need, to send to, it. they need to send They need to host it somewhere. Do they know how to edit it? Um, would they? I did have that conversation with a few advisors. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there's a lot of different things you can do with a video. As far as you're not talking about compliance, you're just talking about hosting. Just hosting. Mm-hmm. Uh, when years ago, when FMG began, we had a product called FMG Live, and we would host the videos on a site called Wistia, mm-hmm. and we took all of, we made it very easy for the advisor. Uh, we shot the videos, we hosted them on Wistia, we would do the editing, uh, we would help them manage the process of getting them through compliance, um, and the advisors really enjoyed that. They, but they had that one-dimensional view of their video. Their video was hosted on Wistia to appear on their website. Mm-hmm. That was that was the one role. Now we live in a different world. 
It's true. Um, and there's a lot of different ways you could do it. My general thought was if you are at all worried about hosting your video, if you don't have a, a, a solution for it, just put it on YouTube and embed the YouTube because YouTube is the easiest uh, plot platform. I mean, um, what's that? Vimeo is one. Wistia. Wistia is one. Um, YouTube's completely free, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think Vimeo's free too. But uh, Wistia, you can host up to a certain number of yeah. videos. Wistia is a good one. I, if you want to pay for video hosting, you got to pay for for Wistia. Yeah. The uh, the 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 challenge that and I don't know if you know the answer on this, but you know, years ago with YouTube, you inherited some of the ads that came with it, and uh, that was a little bit of a compliance hurdle. But I think we've gotten you don't through need to most do that, that now. Yeah. You, on on YouTube, you can select in your menu. You can select um uh non not. Com- what is it? Uh, monetized. Uh, you, you can turn monetization off. Can so, you do that if you also get a uh, if you set up a, um, a what I want to call like a YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah. Your YouTube profile is a YouTube channel. There's gotcha. the, the same. You know, you, once you sign up on YouTube, and if you have a Gmail account, you already have a YouTube account because uh, Google bought YouTube, and so they're they're linked now. So if you have any Gmail, um, that has a corresponding YouTube account. You can upload to that, and then embedding YouTube into, like, even an FMG suite is very, very simple. You just take the embed, like, you go to the share button, there's an embed area, you take the embed code, you drop it in uh, to an HTML thing on your, um, an HTML box on your on your FMG suite page, it's there. It's and, that easy. And do they provide, and there's the, uh, is there a JPEG or some photo that you can embed it to, or? Um, so YouTube videos have a an automatically uh, picked frame from your video as the uh, as the JPEG as gotcha. the um, what do you call that? What is that thing? It's a uh, placeholder. Placeholder image. Thumbnail. Thumbnail. Yeah, ah, it's a thumbnail. Thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can go in and, and upload a unique thumbnail to it, which I recommend you do. Um, like a really good thumbnail with some with some text on it is always great, or or just a really good shot of something. Gotcha. Um, but if you don't, it has a you know a frozen frozen sure. picture from somewhere, and as long as your mouth isn't open and yeah, looking I was gonna weird, say, as long as you don't look kooky, you should be and all you right. And you can go you can go into the the settings of each video and pick you know where you want the the thumbnail to come from. Awesome. Awesome boy, uh, and advisors largely were more comfortable with that, or were the the did the advisors feel that their office was more comfortable with that? With 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 the whole notion of what what did FMG? What do we deliver to the clients? Do we deliver them uh, the raw video? What do what do we send them out from this? So we are going to edit together these videos because I feel like the editing process for this uh, would be um, a hurdle that I, I would bet a certain amount of these people wouldn't take. Sure. Um, right, because it's yeah. I mean, all of this stuff is a little bit, you know, uh, challenging or, or, you know, anxiety-inducing when when sure. you get to it and it's not your job and all of a sudden you're you're dealing with you know media production and and you never thought that that was going to be your thing, which is why I always think it's worth you know putting down a few shekels and working with a, a professional sure. who can just push things through beginning to end. Um, and it's not nope, not very many one take people that one. Not the a whole lot of one take people. Right. No, no. In fact, I would say none. I none. would say none. Mm. Um, and I, as I mentioned before, the the people who had scripts, um, it took longer for sure. It took a lot longer. They had a much more frustrating time because there was more takes. 
uh, more going back and you know trying to get it exactly as it was written in the script. Um, the people who just kind of talked with somebody and and did it in short segments that they're going to edit together. You know, I don't think anybody's going to stop talk for three minutes and have a perfect sure three minutes, but you can talk in these little 30, 30 second to forty five second segments and and put them together, and all of a sudden. You have a pretty good. You have a pretty good video there. Nice video, yeah. sure. That uh, should be proud to display in uh, in really as many mediums as you can. Yeah, and one thing I always tell people about video is that if you're interested in search engine optimization (SEO), video is one of the best tools that you can use to improve the SEO of a page, because Google, as it's trying to figure out which things it's going to recommend, really looks at how long if a person. Uh, clicks on a link on the on a web browser and goes to your website. Google is really interested how long they stay on that page. Mm, like if they if they go to that page and they're off in two seconds, Google thinks to itself, not a good page. But if they go on that page and they stay there for three minutes because they're watching your video, Google's like, well, they must have found something valuable there. Sure. I'm going to send more people there. Gotcha. So video is an amazing way to help your, the you know the landing pages that you're trying to drive traffic to to help increase that SEO. Um, and and have them come up more in search engine results. Gotcha, gotcha. So video really is uh, plays multiple roles yeah. on the website. It is a it is a golden silver bullet, golden bullet, whatever kind of bullet's the best bullet. <laughs> it's that kind of a bullet. A silver bullet, a beer. A is silver that what you... <laughs> It could be a beer. It could it's be also a... what you use to kill uh, werewolves. Werewolves, I think, yeah, right? yeah. Well, whatever metaphor means that it's a really good thing. <laughs> it's a really a gold star in your collar. It's a gold star, yeah. Make so. a video. Um, I think what you were saying there too about um, um, working with the professional is is important. I, you know, I, I, how do you, you know, as you view videos, as people come to you and ask for video advice, uh, phones can do an incredible amount of oh, stuff man. these days. Yeah. Um, do, do advisors, if an advisor came to you and said, "Hey, you know, I want to do a." A, a weekly one minute with Mike. I want to do a one minute with right. Mike, kind of recap what happened in the financial markets. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking of doing it just on my phone. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. I would say that if you are going to, if you're designing a website and you want a video that lives on the homepage of your website, at that point, I would say get a good videographer, spend some money, spend some time making a really professional looking video. But if you're talking about a video that's going out over social, if you're talking about a video that maybe just lives on a blog, or if you really get into your YouTube page and you want to keep populating it with more um, videos, man, I mean, iPhones and Androids, the, the cameras in them right now are mind blowing. And wow. You can make, sure. you can make a really, if you have an iPhone 10, you have a basically a prosumer camera in your pocket. Like, wow. you, you could shoot a movie on that. In fact, uh, Steven Soderbergh just uh, shot Unsane on a on an iPhone <laughs> and it looked great yeah so no no reason not to do that um, we have a we have a, a broadcast about video um, uh, and, and how important it is and I think we get into a little bit about lighting there but if even if you go on YouTube and say how do I light an iPhone video you know they'll teach it to you in 10 minutes sure and mm. YouTube is the is a great search engine and people, second most popular search yeah, engine I'm, I'm uh, I, I whenever I do something around the house I yeah. go to YouTube and say how do you do it yeah Cause somebody invariably has uploaded a video yeah yeah we're getting to a point in our culture where nobody knows anything but everybody knows everything in 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> so I you know that's I, but I think that's a great mr. Woods will be taking your gallbladder out just as soon as I'm done watching this YouTube video <laughs> I think that's, you know, uh, uh, 
lighting for a video. You could ask YouTube. Oh, that. yeah. You can ask YouTube uh, what's the best format, how do you introduce yourself, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you'll probably there's probably thousands of tips on there. You know, I have one other tip, too. If you do want to go the script route, and it's something we could have done, but we didn't have, like, the setup time or, or we weren't working with people ahead of time, but there's a lot of free teleprompter programs mm. um, where you can put the text of a... Um, of your script in there. And we've actually, you know, we shoot these marketing tips here at FMG Suite. We've switched from improving them and going without a script to using a teleprompter and reading a script. And I'll tell you, the main difference is you're able to get a lot more valuable information in. There's a lot less kind of circling the sure. point and you get right to it. And so within three minutes, you can hit a lot more value. Gotcha. Than you would if you were just talking it out. It maybe doesn't sound quite as natural and fun, right? But at the same time, if if your point is to like deliver valuable content, which we keep telling people, that's the point. You know, um, a script on a teleprompter is a really great way to go. And again, you can pass that off with compliance. Sure. Yeah. Beforehand. Well, uh, as I mentioned many years ago, when we did the video live pro project, we had um, twenty or thirty scripts that I created with uh, some of the writers here, and we sent them to Finra. And they came back and reviewed them. Uh, they were good to go. And we did put them up on teleprompters because it is hard for an advisor to talk about the importance of asset allocation yep. in a minute uh, without any prompting or something. Uh, it's much easier to read a script like that, uh, diversification or um, how to how to how to think about asset, how to think about positioning your money. All of those things we we wrote them in. 60 to 90 second sound bites and it's right. amazing how few words you can have yeah you know what else is great about having a script is you can immediately put that in as um, the closed captioning the uh, um, uh sure subtitles for the script you know i, I think the stat is something like 85 percent of all uh, videos watched on facebook are watched without the sound on because as you're scrolling through your Facebook feed, hmm. you don't turn the sound on on every video. But if a video has uh, captions, people tend to watch it without even turning the sound on, and they'll get through the whole video. Right. If you're just sitting there talking, they're not going to do that. Ah, so. Fascinating, yeah. Um, the last two tips I have. Sorry. Ah, okay. <laughs> I saw you about to wrap up. No, no, I no. Like, <laughs> I'm, I, uh, I think videos, uh, uh, it, it's a... It's, it, while we've had it for a long time, I think for many advisors, it still is a unchartered frontier. Yeah. So I know a lot of advisors are nervous about being on a video because they're not actors. Um, you don't need to be an actor. Uh, that, in fact, it's better that you're not, I think, in a lot of mm -hmm. ways. I think if it's too acted, it starts to seem a little false. The two things that I told people was talk a little slower and a little clearer than mm. you would, but don't act. You know, Just say your words and make sure they're all clear and don't worry about going too fast. And then the other thing was, when you start your sentences and end your sentences, start and end clean. Um, a lot of people have a tendency when they're starting to talk to say, um, okay, here we go. Mm. Or, so the thing is, just say, here we go, or the thing is, don't. There, there's usually one little garbage word <laughs> sure. before your sentence. And a lot of people would talk to the point that they, they had said everything that they were thinking of, but they would continue to try to talk and think at the same time at the end. And my, my, so it would trail off. Sure. Uh, and they would, you know, get um, slower and uh, Peter. <laughs> so my thought, my, my, my direction was start clean. And when you are, if you can't think of anything else to say, finish the sentence you're saying, like, like a, with a real period at the end of it and just stop. 
because at the very least, you're going to be able to edit that together with something. If, if, you, if you think of more to say, come back in and say it. But if you come to a complete stop, you can edit that. If you trail off, that's impossible. Sure. You, know, you can't use that. Yeah, it's, it, that's fascinating because I think the, the notion of slowing down, being clear, being direct, mm -hmm. and taking just that extra second to not have a pause, to not yeah. mm, to have that or to say, um, like, uh, and you hear that when, when people are conversing back and forth, you hear yeah. that kind of, what do I want to call it? Maybe a, um, uh, just that, that, that pause moment mm -hmm. in their conversation where they're thinking, but they're, uh, they're still talking. Yeah. And on video, uh, it, does it, it, in your opinion, does it get magnified or does it make the video slow down or does someone not latch onto it? Well, what will probably happen is you can, you'll, you'll put a cut there. So when I say punch in, um, a punch in cut is so like, say I have a, a video of you where I can see your shoulders and your neck and your head. Well, and you're talking and then you take a big pause. Right. And then you start talking again. Well, what I could do is I could cut right as you finish talking, cut out that pause. And then when I cut back in, I can cut into a, a slightly uh, zoomed in version of you. So maybe just your, your head and neck in this one. Uh -huh. And that pause is gone now. Um, it's a seamless cut, you know, that we're used to from all media. So it looks great. Sure. Um, and you don't have to worry. So you could have taken all that time to think it out and, and get it all right and then set it very clearly. And it's going to look great on video. Whereas if you had thought it out while you were still trying to talk, it's going to be a little wiggy. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot. It's, right. um, Let's talk cost-wise. Let's uh -huh. just give advisors kind of a, a framework, kind of a structure of what they should think money-wise. Um, if I want to have a, 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 a homepage video, uh -huh. I want to have a videographer help me put the lighting in, I want to pay for them to uh, make it the, the seamless cuts, all that kind of stuff, what should I look at? What should I look at money-wise? Mm, but it's going to be – give it it's going to be five – Five hundred to a thousand dollars. Five hundred to a thousand. Yeah. And and where would I go to find someone who can help me like this? Um, Fiverr, uh, uh, all the freelance sites, Elance. Um, uh, Fiverr. What is F I V E R R dot com. Um, Elance is another one. Um, there's a lot of sites that uh, just you can find. Uh, you know, videographers in your area, uh, you know, basically you can find somebody to do anything gotcha. for you. Um, you know, you're a Google away from all of this. Um, gotcha. So I would go to Google and say videographers in near San Diego. You know, one of the things that I do that always works is if you have a Facebook account, just go on your Facebook wall and say, any videographers out there? <laughs> ah, interesting. <laughs> Trust sure. me, there's a lot of them and they're hungry. <laughs> so they'll get back to you. Perfect. All right. You know, and finding finding a freelancer that you can work with and develop a relationship with is a challenge, but once you find one, it's like you all of a sudden have a whole set of skills that you didn't have before at your disposal and it's amazing. Like when I found the the graphic designer that I work with now, it was like my capacity just got so much bigger on what I could do and what I could return to people. So sure. Yeah. It's really worth finding that, uh, finding that asset and, and, and spending a little time to develop it. All right. 
So it's a good note to end it on. All uh, right. Advisor, yeah. Advisors, you're not on your own. Uh, Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. That's a great one. A great one. Or yep. just go into your Google search engine and say videographers and the city you live in, or as Kirk recommended, go to your Facebook wall and see if uh, somebody you know might have an extra talent as a part of being a videographer. Yeah, absolutely. Trust me, everybody who owns a, a big camera is looking for a way to pay it off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, listen, thanks for joining us today for Markets in Motion, the podcast for the financial The inaugural advice. episode. This is it. This is it. This is the first <laughs> one we cut our teeth on. Kirk, thanks for sharing the insights of what went on at the Elevate concert. Uh, Elevate concert. The Elevate conference. Yeah. We were and, all holding up lighters. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, really, the insights for advisors who really still need to take advantage of video even more so. If you've been using it a little bit in your practice, use it a little more. Yeah, honestly. And it's great on social. So perfect. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. If you found this episode informative, please share with your peers and colleagues. Visit FMGSuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox.